Sisters. Thank you, Elisa, for leading that. Thank you. Maestra. We're at episode 50. We are. Oh, God, this hurts. Oh, now you see the pain. You see the pain. (laughs) We have to lean forward, so you're getting half of it. I might pick it up, though, like this. Oh, that's an interesting move. Well, I'm taking the chip clip. Let me just be very transparent in saying that Elisa, every single time, has a chip clip. Um, So... Sacrifices. The pop pop screen chip clip. I'm like, you know what? Now that we're on video, I think I'm going to take the chip clip and be like a martyr, right? (laughs) No, but I do want to say, Elisa's always taken the chip clip, so... And we're not supposed to say we're on video in case this doesn't work out. I think it'll be fine. Okay. We're trying, we're attempting, we're testing out recording ourselves. I did say that. I was like, don't (laughs) say we're on video. (laughs) Yeah, Justine said 15 times to me. And then I pick up the mic and I'm like, we're, hi, hello, we're on video. Justine said, do not mention. Did I say it like that? No. I I did. No. You're You're nice. So, um... 50 episodes. That's Correct. pretty cool. Do we have anything to talk about right now? We do. <gasps> We're officially an LLC. What does that mean, Elisa? We are a business. Okay. And what is our Ooh, business? Uh, we are One Sock Productions. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, brother-in-law, for yeah. hooking up the... Not my brother-in-law. <laughs> my brother-in-law, obviously. Her husband, so. but... Um, so yeah, one of the Christmas presents to us. It's pretty cool. Um, anyway, I'm gonna hunch over now. I'm gonna hold this because I, my head, we're like, different heights and we're <laughs> we're trying, we're working here. it out. We're trying. We're really trying here. All right, Elise, wanna like start yeah. us off? I don't know what the best way to do this is. Whatever way you want. I think the best way is, however, okay, like this, I guess. Okay, so. For our 50th episode, we are, and we hit our two-year anniversary on December 15th, so yay to us. Um, We are going to be covering a disappearance, again, we always like these ones, uh, from 1998, right around New Year's, so, you know, around this time, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, Mm -hmm. It's unsolved. And it's the case of Cheryl Shepard. This case, it's had um, some recent attention in the form of a podcast called Someone Knows Something. And they covered it in season two. So if you're interested after listening to our podcast, if you're interested in learning more, um, go check that out. Season two of Someone Knows Something. And... um, I guess we'll dive into. Yeah, I'm trying to find Stan. I feel like our books and our piles were taken away from us, but. This is, I'm fine with this. Okay, all right, all right, continue. Okay, so Cheryl Shepard was born in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on September 29th, 1968. She was raised with her sister Sheila by their mother, who was a single mom, and she's named Odette Fisher. Odette did her very best to raise her girls. Um, she signed Cheryl up for brownies, 
uh, Girl Guides, which I'm assuming is the Canadian version of Girl Scouts. Maybe. We don't yeah. know. but And Baton. She also enjoyed horseback riding and paintball, which is awesome. <laughs> she was, as you can tell, super athletic, but she was also very small. She was five, four and a half, and she only weighed 105 pounds. I love that, like four and a half, five, four and a half. <laughs> Every half an inch counts, even a quarter of an inch. Um, yeah, I so agree. she was a very petite woman. After Cheryl dropped out of high school in the 10th grade, she went through two very short-term marriages. So at the time of her disappearance, she was 29. She had already had two marriages and divorces behind her, Um, which is a lot. Um, She did want children. Unfortunately, she suffered from um, ovarian cysts. That prevented her from being able to have children, which it was very hard for Cheryl Cheryl to kind of accept that, um, which is completely understandable. And I feel like if she were around, like she was 29 when she went missing, and if she were 29 now and she suffered from those same issues, I feel like, you know, medical technology and stuff would have been able to help a lot more yeah I'm sure I'm sure that seems like that's what I was thinking like that doesn't seem like something where it's like oh you can't have kids yeah um I don't know but Mm -hmm. it just it's sad though I mean especially if you want to be a mom that bad and yeah have this thing preventing you from doing it Mm -hmm. um so she did try exotic dancing for about a year she hated it (laughs) so this is like after high school she got married a couple times like divorced twice yeah she was kind of finding herself yeah um, yeah figuring out what she wanted to do and part of that was exotic dancing but she realized very quickly after a year of doing it that it wasn't for her she didn't like it Mm -hmm. yeah so after that she actually found a full-time job at Tim Hortons and Tim Hortons is kind of equivalent to Dunkin Donuts in the states okay um it's like a coffee and donut shop but like specializes in donuts yeah okay okay I think from what I gather yeah and like I said she worked there full-time and she actually like finished the donuts so she decorated them and you know all of that okay cool so that was her job which like full-time um seems like you have to maybe like work your way up to being like full-time at a place like that I don't know I don't don't know know. how it works yeah me neither (laughs) but I know it required her to start early yeah um so she like I said she she um worked at Tim Hortons and she actually enjoyed that job Mm -hmm. unlike the dancing dancing yeah um and she made some pretty close friends at that job and they would talk about their personal life talk about past relationships and you know she did disclose to some of her coworkers that she did do exotic dancing in the past and something that came up pretty frequently was her current relationship with a man named michael lavoy and cheryl had met Michael while on a road trip to an amusement park 
Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder <laughs> how far, because I'm also like, like okay, a road trip. Well, maybe not like a a road trip, but like it it was far enough away for. And I guess there was a group. Group so of they friends. must have been connected through friends and oh uh, oh I see yeah I like see. they did a road trip together oh so it's not like, like she went there met him at the amusement amusement park it's like they went as I a think group? that's what I okay think. we don't know but that <laughs> yeah um so they met on a road trip to an amusement park and you know Michael was a few years younger than Cheryl. I believe he was 26. Yeah, I think so. And he had three daughters. Um, And shortly after meeting Michael on this road trip, they started dating. And Mm -hmm. he actually moved in with Cheryl and her mom, Odette, in the apartment that they were sharing together. Very, like, a month after. Yeah, very quickly. And Cheryl became very, very close with Mike, Michael's um, daughters. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, part of that, I, I don't know if part of the draw to him was the fact that he had daughters. Because she, like, that wanted That kind of needed like, yeah. a mother figure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he, where he did not work or? He was... Com- Unemployed. Complete, Alisa, com- completely <laughs> unemployed. Okay, so she has a full-time job. She has a place with her mom. Mm-hmm. And then he has three kids un- with a previous woman, mm-hmm. wife maybe. Um, and then she is kind of like taking, I would say like taking him well, yeah. under his her wing or something. Like, yeah, he yeah. was... Very much relying on her for a place to live. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. But she. Not only her, but also her mother because they shared that apartment. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like, so that's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So um, on December 31st, 1997, Michael and Cheryl, they were attending a New Year's Eve party that was hosted by a local radio station and it was being televised. And it was being held in Hamilton, Ontario. And I think it was at like their civic center. Yeah, like or a big, so- something a big like that. building. Yeah. Where you have like that concerts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, the party was aired on live television. And as the clock got close to striking midnight, uh, the male host and the female host of the party um, got on their microphones and they were saying like, oh, this guy, you know, they were like looking for Michael. They were and looking then, for him? Or they were like announcing him. This guy oh, right weird. here. And, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Blah, 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 and like trying to get um, Cheryl over there as well. And I'm sorry, I'm using my hands a lot. That's good. That's fine. <laughs> express, express, express myself. Yeah. Um, and so the hosts were like trying to get them in front of the camera. And Michael basically, he proposed to Cheryl and he said, in 1998, I want to know, and this is like rough. Yeah. But he yeah. said, don't mm-hmm. quote me directly. But he said, in 1998, I want to know if you'll be my wife. And they just start kissing. Just like start kissing? Yeah. And, <gasps> um, <laughs> oh, gasp. The hosts were like, oh, we're like, it's like, what is your answer or whatever? And she said, yes. And 
then they went back to like kissing and um, he said something about it being like soft core porn or something. I don't know. Wow. Weird. Um, but we will include a link to the video so you guys can watch it. A lot of people said that it looked like she didn't want to say yes and she wasn't actually saying yes and she seemed uncomfortable and you know I watched it myself and I just think they were everybody at that party was tanked. You could tell the host was wasted. The female <laughs> host especially was wasted. <gasps> no way. I have to watch. I, mean, it was I just, didn't watch because I'm like I'm going to leave that to your part but I don't know Alisa, how you're like I mean it it's hard to say somebody's state of mind when they're intoxicated. Yeah. And you know, like whatever. And I personally fun, but watching it, I didn't think she seemed uncomfortable or she just like didn't have her. I don't know. They were just drunk and whatever. Uh, but she said yes. And after the host male host asked, said like, what's your answer? And there was a ring. She like showed it for a long time. Was it nice? I don't know. She also had a ring on the middle finger next to it. So I was like looking what ring? at. Yeah. yeah. But I think it was a planned thing. So. Yeah. Obvi- well, if the hosts were like trying to find him. And he had a ring. So it wasn't. Yeah. You know. It was planned. Which he's like, oh, it's on TV. I need to like. Yeah. Big- I yeah. just don't. I don't know. The whole proposal on TV thing. Not feeling it. I don't like it. It's, it's puts like why? people on the spot. And it's, yeah, you're what's right. The, what's the reason You're so there? right, Elisa. Like, it should be kind of a, or not should be, but like for some people, it might be like more of a private thing, but. I would be so uncomfortable. And like drunk also, obviously, um, right? I would be uncomfortable, but not drunk. I don't know. I mean, you're all, and drunk. No, no, no. Oh. I'm just saying like them, for them all to be like, for him to know, I'm proposing on TV. Yeah. I'm going to get like totally wasted. And it was like a crappy proposal. What? He didn't say like. In 1998, I want to know if you'll be my wife. That's all he said? Yeah. Oh, no. Which it was (gasps) weird. Yeah, it was just weird. Um, Yeah. And I do have to bring attention to his mullet. Oh. We talked about this. Yeah, has- Alisa like definitely was all, did you see his mullet? And I was like, kind of. And she's like, it's like this and like that and like curly on the bottom and like yeah. this and uh, very. I don't like the guy. I get bad vibes from him, but his mullet is absolutely you were, impressive. You, I think you said amazing, but I'm not. It's gonna- impressive. Okay. It's like really Yeah, maybe that's what you said. And long. It, it's check out. Check out the Whatever. video or some photos that we post. Whatever. Like uh, <laughs> I look like a mullet right now. Oh my god, like mine. <laughs> no, his was curlier uh, and longer. Fine, sorry. And yours isn't a mullet. I think he um, had glasses too, like me. We'll post pictures. Okay, all right. So she said yes, and um, so that was you know we have visual proof of her Cheryl being alive and well on, on this. Party December thirty first slash January first, yeah. Um, and after that, it's hard to say. Hard to say. And I will pass it off to. Thanks. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for that. I'm gonna put my microphone down. This is yeah. Are your arms hurting? No, I'm not that weak. Are your arms hurting from like a like half a pound? 
It's just the act of holding the mic up or used to holding it. Going like this. Very heavy baby. Oh, baby. So. I call him a baby. He's not a baby. He's not anymore. a very. Oh, he's a, I'm a used to a heavy, heavy baby. baby. He's huge and he's been a baby for like a year and a half. Okay, so um, like Elisa said, the last time that anyone like actually like witnessed her alive was December 31st, 1997 slash January 1st, 1998. Mm-hmm. So two years in one night. Are you tired? No, sorry. Are you bored? Uh, so I'm always tired. So Cheryl was supposed to pick her mom up, um, Odette Fisher. You talked a little bit about her mom. Yeah, she was very close to her. Very, very close. Yeah, and um, she was supposed to pick her up from Toronto Union Station on January 4th, 1998. So like a few nights after. Mm-hmm. And um, when Cheryl didn't arrive, Odette knew like something was wrong because yeah she could count on Cheryl to to pick her up and um and actually Odette spoke to Cheryl on New Year's Day okay and um so this was so then we know that she was alive on we're saying December 31st slash January 1st but we know December or January 1st because she talked to for sure yeah she talked to her mom but the not funny thing is but like I don't know, like... Interesting? I guess, yeah. Odd. She didn't tell her mom about the engagement thing on... Or the proposal on national television. So she okay. she's close to her mom, spoke to her mom, didn't even ta- tell her, like, oh, guess what? Like, I was proposed to on TV. Like, I'm her, engaged. <laughs> her mom had no idea until after, like, she was missing. So um, that's... I, that says to me that maybe she wasn't into it. Yeah. Like she was. She said yes because her face was on TV. Yeah. Or. Because what are you going to do? Like in front of a bunch of drunk people, you're going to say no. And then yeah, everyone's going to boo would you, you or Elisa, whatever. what would you do? Like. And me personally, if that happened to me and I did not want to marry the person that was proposing to me, I would run. (laughs) You can't run far enough. But I wouldn't have been there alone with him anyway. Like, I would have been, you would have been there. And I would have been like, Justine. I don't know about that. Elisa. I don't know. If, okay, if your, like, boyfriend or whatever was, was like, uh, I have a surprise for you. And, oh, we're going to this New Year's. And you didn't like him? Do we know that she didn't, I mean. Well, I think it was like one of those things where they were living together and. Well, he was living at her place. It was probably like a rocky, but at the, who knows? You know. Okay. You know. I know. We're going way down the rabbit hole. Um, So anyway, where was I? Sorry. So Adette went, Adette is Cheryl's mom. Mm-hmm. She went to the police and reported her daughter missing after she didn't pick her up. So she knew like right away mm-hmm. something's wrong. And um, it, so the thing is, mm-hmm. Michael Lavoy didn't report Cheryl missing. So that's kind of weird, right? First. Yes. I'll get into here. All right. 
Yes. So, um, Lavoy told Odette that he dropped Cheryl off in an alley mm-hmm. behind a strip club. Okay, as you do. In Niagara Falls, which is, I think, about 30 minutes from where they lived. Okay. And um, he said on the evening of January 2nd, so, so she spoke to her mom January 1st. And then January 2nd, he's like, oh, I dropped her off at six around 6, 6.30 p.m. Friday evening. It was a okay. Friday. Um, behind a strip club because she was, like, going to strip that night. After, okay. like... But we know she didn't like stripping. And she, she didn't wasn't. like stripping. She wasn't into stripping. She hadn't stripped for a long time. Strip, strip, strip. <laughs> well, dance. just... We'll say dance. Oh, dance. Strip, strip. <laughs> but she hadn't danced... Um, in a long time yeah and she didn't like wasn't it. into it what like that wasn't her lifestyle and she had a job so she, she had a full-time money. job okay and she was very open about like her past life mm-hmm. and she was close to people she worked with and like talked like, to she them would about have mentioned things. it like oh somebody. i'm getting back into this yeah okay. so right off the bat it's like um i don't know about that michael lavoy unless he like made her do it <sighs> But For then money? why? I don't know. I don't, Elisa. Okay, again, I don't know. down the rabbit holes. But I do like your, I like your thinking, your way of thinking. I'll hold it in my brain. Okay, thank you. Uh, but, you know, none of her, like, co-workers, friends, family, they didn't believe that she would just, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm engaged. I'm going to just, like, start dancing. And mm-hmm. he, oh, God, what a loser. And Michael, I'm talking about unemployed asshole. Anyway. So when the media got a hold of this story mm-hmm. after Odette reported her missing, um, you can keep yawning. It's I'm sorry. We're I'm tired. Trying to, I'm tired. To, then you're making me yawn because I'm trying to hold it. No, it's okay. You can yawn. I mean, I'm just it's, always tired. It's nighttime. She's a mom. I'm. We're just yeah. We're doing this. And this is the second time we're recording this because the too. first time, like full disclosure. Or, yeah, <laughs> transparency. So. The media got a hold of this and they like blasted headlines like police scour waste station for exotic dancer and other like headlines that had the word stripper. And I think, Elisa, you were telling me about like sex. Yeah, I remember as I was researching, there was some mention of like her being a sex worker and all. So they really like sensationalized. Like, I'm sorry. California and me uh, oh like oh yeah. that's fine We're, yeah they really took the fact that she danced exotically for a short period Tiny of her time period. she was beautiful earth, too and maybe that's and why. just sensationalized that part of it and blasted and it really yeah that kind of that negatively impacts the way that the surrounding communities yeah. react to that or you know or like look at the case if they don't need volunteers to search for her exactly hey we're not going to go out and search for a dancer who she put herself his there lifestyle yeah even though that's not true no that's even not if true you are a dancer or doing sex work anything everybody deserves a chance to be found and search for and help everyone matters and yes yeah. no matter what yeah lifestyle you live but I think, yeah, that yeah, was kind of the, I think that was, it was like. It hindered the investigation. Everything. 
For sure. And then also it supported Michael's story that, oh, I dropped her off. Yeah. To stri- like when that wasn't like we're pretty sure that wasn't true. And so it's like by them saying that it's like supporting his story that, oh, she went to go strip. Yeah. Like that was her choice. And or do whatever. we know like how do we know that's not true? Uh, so actually, um, the police, the police were, you know, did their best, mm-hmm. honestly. And maybe not. Kind of. At the time, like what they knew to do and what they had resources for. But um, they went to the strip club, which is like obvious. Like, let's talk to the owner. And they mm-hmm. asked the owner, stop yawning. You're making- I'm sorry. You told me I could. I know, but you're making me I'm on. I'm really trying not to. I'm um, sorry. They talked to the owner and asked him, like, was Cheryl, like, showed a picture. Because, you know, people have different names for that. Yeah. Um, did you see her? Was she hired for this night? I no. Think, sorry. Hmm. Wasn't her dance name Blondie? Oh, maybe. I, I don't know. I think I read that somewhere. I didn't even, like, oh, dive that deep okay. into the dance thing. Again, rabbit hole. But they asked the owner of the club, like, did you hire her for this night? Nope. Did you see her walk into the club? Did anyone see her? Nope. No one saw her. Like, she wasn't hired. You know, so that was like, she didn't go in there. Okay. Um, I think, Elisa, you were saying there's maybe like laws around. Well, or not laws, but. Okay, I did Google briefly, and I, at least in Toronto, um, Based on what I found, you are required to have a license. You're required Sorry. to have a license to do um, adult, da- like, entertainment dancing. Yeah, yeah. It's like an entertainment license or something. Oh, okay. All right. So, For 18 and older or whatever. I don't know. Okay. I didn't really, like, de- deep dive into it, but... I know that you're required to have a license to do that. Like, so you can't Toronto. just show up and be like, I want to strip tonight. Well, and-, and also the police probably, if they were decent at their job, they would have requested records of yeah. like who was supposed to be dancing because a smart business owner would not let somebody be dancing if they didn't have their license yeah. number, yeah. license information. I think that's what they found is like, no, like that. So there was like an easy way to prove that she was not there. And it and they proved that she was not hired that based on the license. Exactly. Thank you, Elisa. Mm -hmm. Um, So right away, Lavoie was immediately a suspect, of course, and um, or not a suspect. I'll say person of interest. He was the last person to see her alive or see her. Screen, sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, she's yawning and I'm back. All right. And he never reported her missing. And, you know, that's crazy. First, you know, like for starters, that's crazy. And you drop her off. Uh, it's your fiance. You drop her off in, in an, an alley. alley. Like, right after proposing to her. Why not at the front door? No kidding. Well, that's exactly. It's weird. It's weird. And another issue with Lavoie was that he told different stories to different people. Like, Mm -hmm. his timelines were off. And the reason why, um, you know, police, you see this a lot if you watch crime shows or listen to crime podcasts. Like us. (laughs) Is 
you know, the police interviewing someone mm-hmm. and they ask the same questions over and over and over. Yeah, because they want to see if you're going to change your because story. Because a lie, yeah, the truth never changes and a lie does. And like even years later, which we'll maybe talk about in anyway. Sorry. So, I'm like the truth can change. It can change. It can I, evolve. It a little bit, but yeah. I think there's certain I think a an experience But a whole entire story or timeline is not going to exper- change. Yeah. An experienced um investigator um police officer detective yeah. interrogator, I guess <laughs> is that a point? Yeah. Yeah, they know what to look for in those details and so Anyway, like he was telling different things to different people. And that's just kind of like one of those things that's like a red flag. So Lavoie was actually interviewed once by police for less than 30 minutes. One time. Okay. That's. And who knows what was asked during the like this. And we don't know if he asked for like a lawyer. I don't think so. And I. Forgive me, but I'm not familiar with. Canadian. I know I'm. I know the basics of what things are like here. If you get arrested Ooh. and you're being questioned, but I don't know what it's like in Canada. Yeah, so it's, maybe it's very different. Seems soft there. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, you can if you're being interviewed here. You can just literally get up and walk yeah. away. You can say no. I don't want to talk to you. I think it's kind of like ask that for there. a lawyer. But then usually here, if you're a person of interest, authorities will usually try to find another way to get you in the room and have you not be able to leave. Yeah, maybe um, like from another um, offense. Like, yeah, like, OK, we caught you. We're going to follow you, follow you, follow you. Oh, you're driving without a license. Thing to, we caught to you. To bring you in. Yeah. Yeah. Until they can maybe like gather evidence. Yeah. But. But yeah. it seems like that wasn't yeah, happening it's here. Very frustrating. And I think like, you know, I'll say again, Elisa mentioned um, Someone Knows Something podcast. Yeah. But like. It's a good one. Honestly, like listen to that whole entire podcast because they do a great job at like um investigative journalism just like really um interviewing everyone involved and and just like laying out the facts and so um i will reiterate like you know if you want to if you're interested in this case like listen to that podcast um you'll hear like from the the detective and everybody the mom, everyone the mom and, and you yeah. hear and that's the thing is like you hear odette um oh, the pain so in her voice yeah talking about her daughter and showing pictures and um yeah it's awful it's horrible and and oh and it's uh, the detectives it's like frustrating for them because they want you know of course they want justice but i don't know you know, like you were saying, like, I don't know the laws there. Like, how much can you? Yeah, can I'm I... not. I'm very un, inf, unfamiliar, unfamiliar, unfamiliar. Geez. It's unfamiliar. It's OK. Again, I'm tired uh, with how that whole process, interrogations, everything like that. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Because like in there. England. Um, yeah, you can it's very arre- different. Yeah. You can arrest someone like it's not like here where it's you have to have like probable cause to arrest someone. 
You arrest um, them and then figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. And you can like arrest them, let them go, arrest them again. Like you can do that in England. But also like in England, there's very loose laws when it comes to like threatening behavior. Yeah, like, that's true. Which is also yeah. the case here. But like, yeah, yeah, it's very different. Anyway, it's we're loosey goosey. Here we are with everywhere. our rabbit holes. <laughs> so back on track. Um, So... So he interviewed for like less than 30 minutes, barely said anything, was supposed to come in the next day and then just didn't show up. I think he was actually supposed to come in like a little after midnight, which is weird, but whatever. We won't get into. Get him when they're tired? I Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's like, I'll come in after midnight. Um, So he didn't show up Mm -hmm. and the police weren't gonna be like all right whatever so they tried to hunt him down or track him down Mm -hmm. and they found out that that day before he had rented a storage unit it was like a pretty big storage unit like okay yeah and they found it and so the day he was supposed to interview um i think it was january 6th um he they, you know, went and tracked him down, went to the storage unit and found his car in the storage unit running with him inside. Okay. So what do you think? Like the exhaust? Carbon you know. monoxide. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, it is, okay. Elisa. Um, and so he was like basically like close to very close to death um i know the lead detective said he vomited i mean there's a word for it aspirated oh thank you elisa (laughs) yeah but it's like right before yeah you're going to die and he said like and this is in uh someone knows something podcast Mm -hmm. where it's like he describes it um that he was like snoring it sounds mm-hmm. like snoring but that's because he's close it's like a close to yeah. death close to it's death. a thing yeah for real it's close like to a death. noise yeah and so um i mean they came in there and he was extremely close you know very close to dying and they uh ran him to the hospital ended up uh, bringing him back to life like resuscitating him um he lived spoiler alert he <laughs> lived and i think like their motivation as police officers was you know regardless of what this it's a life what they yeah. thought this guy did they it's a life and that's just their instinct but also like to find out any information like this is the last guy that saw her saw Cheryl alive so they were hoping to get like more information from mm-hmm. him um, and I know in terms of like a suicide note yeah there was uh, yeah they what? found they found a like some kind of notepad or notebook or mm-hmm. journal or something where it had imprints yeah and um that's what I thought yeah they sent it to the like uh forensic lab uh they didn't say what what it actually said yeah Yeah, um so but there was some kind of suicide note or it's actually like scribblings of it wasn't like a Mm -hmm. it was a note note, and i think i think they covered it very briefly on that podcast uh didn't 
they weren't able to find the note read everything on it but i think they used some sort of something no 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 so the host asked him like did you use the charcoal yeah technique and he's like no we sent it to a lab yeah like the charcoal technique which i was like all right um but he said like can you not can you tell us like can you tell me what it said or is that like something Mm -hmm. you have to you know keep secret or or whatever and he's like uh no i could tell you and then he looked and he's like hold on give me a second let me look but he couldn't find it like and then in- he found it oh he did <laughs> yeah. i didn't hear that part okay what it say it was not to me it wasn't necessarily a suicide note it was something about like basically writing down like oh i'm at the I'm gambling on the races or something and like make sure my girls are taking it was rambling oh I didn't even hear that part and to me it didn't and they didn't they couldn't decipher everything yeah it was so it was bits and pieces of something but it wasn't exactly okay so let's say it's wasn't a suicide note yes it was a note it was just weird. a no. Like, like who I'm writes gambling. Notes? I'm losing. And now I'm up. And now I'm this. Yeah. It was I'm like, like weird. First of all, who writes notes? I mean, back in the 90s. Oh. No. I used to send letters in the 90s. I guess so. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. In high, like not high school. Well, yeah. But when you're a kid. Yeah. He was a grown adult. And then it's like, where did the letter go? I th- I read that he wrote it to his mom. Maybe. I read that, that he wrote, the letter was, like, intended for his mom, but. Anyway. Anyway. Derailed. That's okay. <laughs> Just trying to. <sighs> Michael. Um. So, of course, like, after finding him, you know, near death, in his car, mm-hmm. in the storage unit, mm-hmm. that's a piece of evidence, his car. So yeah. they thoroughly searched the car for Mm -hmm. evidence and could not find anything which is like crazy and i know it's back in the day like not that long ago but um enough to where they couldn't find anything like they couldn't find blood they couldn't find a sign of struggle they couldn't find but that also doesn't necessarily mean something because where was cheryl's car didn't he have her keys did he have a piece? Uh, no, no. I don't know if she had a... Oh, yeah. Lisa. God. See? All these gaps. Mm-hmm. All these gaps. Because right? she was supposed to pick... Pick her mama. Um, yeah. That's true. Hmm. Hmm. Web sleuths. Get on that. <laughs> um, But the, in Michael's car, they couldn't find anything. Any, any trace evidence. of anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... And then they looked in their apartment mm-hmm. and they found her wallet. Okay, so the oh, apartment. okay. Sorry. The apartment where she lived with her, her mom, mom and Michael. And remember Odette, the mom, mm-hmm. was away for yes. a few days. Mm-hmm. So um, they found in the apartment uh, Cheryl's wallet, okay. her ID, mm-hmm. her contact lenses, Okay. Which I think, like, were probably, like, glass, which wasn't, like, disposable. Okay. So you just 
wash, wash them, them and, and rewear them. Or yeah, whatever. it's like it's kind of like glasses where it's okay. like you don't just throw Toss away glasses and, every day. Yeah, it's not disposable. And, but also her glasses. So it's like she had no way of okay. really seeing. seeing. And that's what her mom was like. She needed either her glasses or her contact lenses to see. Okay. So so that was like crazy. Okay. And then also, um, I don't know what this means, but there was a curtain rod missing and 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 the curtains were nailed to the wall. Like so the okay. rod itself was missing and then the curtains were nailed to the wall. And Odette said that it wasn't like that before she left. So there was actually like a rod there and then Okay, like he could have ripped it off the wall and used it to like who knows beat her okay maybe beat her um but like really i don't know oh. that's big effort i'm like that's looking a up really at your cotton weird rod. cotton rod is my cotton rod curtain rod i don't have a cotton rod um, um yeah i'm thinking like what would that be for and why would you bother nailing it up yeah well to, <laughs> so no one saw what you were cleaning up i guess afterwards right mm. yeah that's what i thought i thought the nailing up of the curtains was like so people privacy yeah yeah privacy, privacy privacy but the rod thing might have been either either a weapon during struggle like a struggle or used as something but to transport something. yeah like as a handle thing okay. um yeah i don't know but uh michael was very uncooperative with police so i said he talked to them like less than 30, 30 minutes. minutes and and after that after that interview he never spoke about cheryl her disappearance ever any ever again well because he didn't alisa we're not supposed spoiler. to say that spoiler no like. we're saying that i'm gonna say it um, no we're not we're we're not, and the yeah. police officer who <laughs> we're diplomatic the police officer who found him you know super close to death when he was trying to get him to talk like mm -hmm. can you please tell me like tell me what happened that day or leading up he said to him like quote um is this how you treat someone who saved your life and he said he just looked down and walked away Okay, so, well, obviously this guy doesn't care. He doesn't like, care. And really, like, I think about if my new fiancé went missing, I would be, like, freaking out and doing everything to... Well, yeah, most people would. You wouldn't think about yourself. You just wouldn't think about yourself. You would think Unless about that. Unless you had things to hide. Unless you had things to hide. And we don't know what kind of lifestyle this guy led. Crappy Was he a one. criminal? Like, you well, know, we don't know. It, I, he did have a record. He I has don't a go into that. Background. Yeah. I mean, he does. He does. I don't even touch that because we don't like talking about the bad guys on here <laughs> as much. Um, so. He continued to stay silent, hasn't spoken about Cheryl's disappearance. And the, the lead detective, Warren Corral, Corral, Coral, Coral, K-O-R-O-L, Coral. Thank you, Elisa. Also stated that, you know, right. it was um, 
Michael's right to stay silent. Like, that was his right. And he was like, I, re- you know, we didn't have anything on him. He was allowed to not talk to us. And we can't point a finger at yeah. him because of that fact. But, you know, there's many other things. Um, During the initial search for Cheryl, police interviewed her friends, her family, coworkers, and they all said it was unusual for Cheryl to go away on trip. It wasn't, sorry, unusual for Cheryl to go away on trips for mm-hmm. a few days, but never, she would never just like take off and not tell someone. Well, and she wouldn't take off with no one, like she didn't go with anyone that was close to her and yeah. she didn't take her wallet, her keys, her, her ID, contacts, her contact her, lessons, yeah. lessons, lenses <laughs> or her glasses. Like yeah, it was that, just a lot. doesn't make sense. Doesn't make logical. sense. Mm-hmm. And they said like, yeah, she, you know, liked to have fun, went on trips. She would definitely contact someone, someone, someone. Um. And Detective Coral suspected foul play right off the bat. I think like, obviously, you know, using his gut um, as a detective, his years of experience, there wasn't a lot of evidence, but it was like, you know, just um, circumstantial Mm -hmm. evidence that um, it just it didn't make sense. It didn't add up. And also learning more about Lavoy and um, Cheryl's relationship. And let me tell you, like, he is probably, it's probably like who you imagine him to be. Um, so uh, co-workers of Cheryl that she like got close to, like Elisa yeah. was saying, like she got close to them and... Um, she she really opened up to them about how Michael or Lavoy Michael Lavoy was treating her and it wasn't good. Like mm-hmm. he was he was pretty like possessive, and they actually witnessed this firsthand, like his possessive like controlling behavior because he would go into her work at Tim Hortons and just sit there for like hours on end, just watching what? her work. And wait for her. And then if she was like talking to customers too much, he would like go like clearing. Like, why didn't her manager manager kick him out? I mean, because it's kind of an uncomfortable situation. I think it was uncomfortable. And it's also like uh, Cheryl was probably a really like good worker and they felt bad for her. Yeah. And so instead of like making it worse, maybe. It, but you should care. I mean, it probably made all the other coworkers. It did. It definitely the did. Customers. It definitely. So did. it's like, unfortunately, you should sacrifice the one nice person for. It was like, um, to put her in a, you know. Oh, God, yeah. I would kick that guy out in two seconds. Yeah. Like, they, get out of here, creep. Sh- even though your mullet is awesome. I th- <laughs> don't. Sorry. Don't give him that, Elisa. Come on. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. So I think it was like where they didn't know. They probably had never experienced well, anything and I, like I that. I think like a person it's like, like how that, do you handle that? Yeah, a person like that, you have to he have an equally intimidating kind manager, of, whatever. Um, there's a certain personality that can 
match up like Trump go toe that, to yeah, toe like, yeah yeah mm-hmm. and anybody that has a little significant or small amount of crazy insecurity oh or yeah 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 self-confidence issue is gonna be like oh he's you know yeah you're right Elisa. and even so. if they did it's like hide it swallow it and yeah just, just be pretend. like get out you're weird but also it's like he was you know violent and they knew that like he was a violent scary guy and they were probably also like trying to protect cheryl by not oh like if they said something to him he would take it exactly elisa that's exactly okay it's yep like you know we're just trying to protect her but in the end that doesn't (laughs) well yeah um and actually, a friend of Cheryl's, uh, it was a mutual friend of Cheryl and Michael's, uh, Gerald Davidson. He once witnessed Lavoy pick Shepard up by her throat, lift her into the air and say, uh, quote, if you keep effing around with me, something's going to happen to you, end quote. And this happened very shortly before she went missing. So he was ex- okay. incredibly like just. And she was so small. Yeah. He was off the hinges. Um, And, you know, people like that, they don't get better. It's not like they are like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to go get sometimes maybe if they go yeah, to if therapy you, like, or whatever. help, actual help. But it's not on their own. They're not going to be like. I'm going to change one day. Yeah, they that's something that's typically I'm going to say typically it gets worse and worse and worse. And yeah. so um, that's Escalates. a huge, like, scary red flag. Sorry. I'm kicking. Footsie I'm sorry with me. I'm not. Gross. Elise is like, I hurry up. Her. No, she's like, hurry up under the table. Ow. Ow. Um, an ex of Lavoie said he was violent to her. And he actually broke her cheekbone. Okay. I mean, yeah, like, so very violent. How do you break a cheekbone, first of all? You punch oh, hard. Elisa. I mean, I'm sure a strong man could break a woman's cheekbone, cheekbone easily with a punch or yeah. even like, I don't Slamming, know. I don't want. Yeah. yeah. Curtain rod. Violence. Curtain rod. And he told her that he fantasized about killing her. Okay. <laughs> so. There you go. Like, that's, you know, big time just signs that... Red flags. Yeah, I mean, it's like beyond red flags. And uh, only months after Cheryl went missing, Lavoie openly started dating his stepbrother's ex-girlfriend. Follow along with me. Stepbrother's ex-girlfriend. And I think it transitioned from... His stepbrother right to him like so this girl was just like okay you know okay. and um and the ex-girlfriend's knee or yeah the stepbrother's ex-girlfriend current girlfriend of Lavoy, her name uh was sheila darbison mm-hmm. and sheila said that they actually uh michael and sheila had mm-hmm. started dating like months before she uh cheryl went missing oh weird okay not i mean not weird because he's a but piece like of why sh- would he propose to uh, because he had well, a place yeah. to live there and like, well yeah and okay. maybe he had planned on that and maybe he knew she was gonna leave and he was like putting on a show just like you said like why would he do that on national television maybe he had a plan elisa like killer yeah who knows and he's like i want to Pick up your mic. Everyone, please remain calm. I'm sorry. <laughs> please remain calm. 
um maybe he planned it you but know what's the gain there just control yeah. she wanted to leave if i can't he, have you nobody yeah. can have okay. you type of thing yes alisa you've seen this so i know but there's always like usually some other sort motive of- um we don't know we can't get into the mind of a killer suppose this one suppose it so that wasn't me that time <laughs> this guy is violent he's possessive um he's jealous he's a cheater he's just like check 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 mm-hmm. murder <laughs> he has a history it's just it's a lot to kind of dismiss mm-hmm. you know um and actually another thing <clears throat> pardon me a maintenance man witnessed lavoie struggling with two large bags a weekend that cheryl went missing okay and you know just paired with his evasive behavior with police um the attempted suicide yeah his um you know possessive like i was saying like possessive abusive violent history Mm -hmm. he had some other i won't even go into this Mm -hmm. but like other like he had a criminal record so you know it's just like piled up that it's kind of like blatantly obvious he killed cheryl and i'm gonna say it right now i just said it no i just said it alisa i'm saying i just did i didn't say it (laughs) Um, that doesn't represent the thoughts and opinions of, of One Sock Productions. productions. <laughs> um, the guests on this. <laughs> but the one thing for me that like really makes me fear that definitely like Cheryl is is deceased mm-hmm. at the hands of Michael is that she talked to one of her coworkers after the proposal. Mm-hmm. So this is like this tiny timeline. And said to her um, that she didn't want to marry him. Okay. And that she was planning on canceling the engagement. But she wanted to wait until they were in a public place because she was afraid Michael okay. would get violent. That's a pretty good. And yeah. then I feel like, personally. <laughs> I have to be so bad. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is that why you're sorry. laughing? She's no, peeing. I'm trying to give you signals. <laughs> I mean, like. I have to. I'm sorry. okay good do you feel better yeah sorry for oh no one um i thought you were picking up on my like i was wondering why you were laughing and i was like do i have a booger or like like, or while i was why i was wiggling you always wiggle though you always wiggle it's my adhd Anyway, I'm much better. Are you? Oh, good. Now we can actually. Oh, sorry, Elisa. It's okay. Elisa, just always feel like you can go. Okay, moving along. Okay. So, yeah, she told the friend, like, you feel like a million bucks. I could tell. Now I can see the sparkle sparkle in your eye. (laughs) Okay. Um, She told the friend, like, I'm not wanting. So she must. Must have um, a- agreed to marry him because of the pressure. She was put on the spot. Yeah. 100% on, Nash- on TV. By a scary guy that like planned this out. So she's like, he planned this out. And, you know, she's playing along with his game where it's mm-hmm. like, I did this for you and blah, blah, blah. 
And I feel like almost like they got in a fight because her mom was gone that weekend. She didn't have her around. He knew that too. Yeah. It was like this perfect storm. And maybe she got, they got in a fight and she was just like, I don't. Like, why did you do that to me on TV? Or I'm not, I don't want to marry you. Even like the littlest, like I'm not marrying you. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't in a, or if it was in a public place and then he waited till they got home or if it wasn't in a public place and then he snapped and definitely. um, Or maybe you said he was into some illegal activities. Did Cheryl maybe know something I think it was about his illegal activities. I don't know if it was like illegal was gonna... activities. It was more like violent stuff that oh, he, okay. like he had a history of violence. And um, yeah, okay. I don't think he cared about anyone knowing about anything. Honestly, like I think he was like when it came to women, like he wanted to just control them. And mm-hmm. and I think he either planned it or didn't plan it but alisa what you're really gonna like sit here and say we don't know what happened to cheryl maybe no but like we have to also be careful of you know not i know people pay attention to her podcast to see us but i'm not i don't have any like poll especially no but especially it's like a you know there's whatever but especially if he's not even named as a potential suspect. Is it? It's he's just Canada. Nobody. We're in uh, the U.S., so whatever. I don't different know. Countries. I always like to mm-hmm. whatever. sidestep, be careful. Whatever. All right. But all you right. do you, girl. Oh, thank you. I said it a hundred times, and I'll say it again. It was Michael LaFoy. Uh, I don't know that for a fact. But I wish that the police would actually, like, collect some something. Well, I feel like if it were here if it happened here i would like to believe that police would have just tailed him until he did something illegal and then they would have arrested him for that stupid illegal thing he did and that would have given them an opportunity to hold him and question him yeah and like push him a little harder yeah i think in the u.s like like, we do that yeah okay sorry whoa alisa Talk about getting sued. They're being too polite with it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that, too. It's like, he has his right to not talk to us, but Mm -hmm. also, um, you know. Yeah. You got to kind of. Okay. There's this. Yeah. So um, I know that, like, at least one of her ex-husbands was, like, definitely willing and took a polygraph test was cleared i think like mm-hmm. both of them actually were oh, were sure, eventually they... cleared uh cooperated and that so like michael was the one who just did not care because Pos- he's possessive and yeah then so just... he would have never let the ex-husband pick yeah because he said or fiance I, sorry i don't know if i even said that like he said that the night he dropped her in an alley like uh, pr- uh will you be my Great wife guy. will you be my wife okay dump you in this you want to dance again okay i'm gonna dump you in an alley and then your ex uh, he said her ex-husband was meant to pick her up that night so like that uh, yeah and um everyone's no. like no he would not be okay no. with that he was i so mean he hung out at her work all day at to her make sure she didn't talk to men shop. 
And then you're going to let this guy that she has a romantic history with pick her up. Yeah. I don't even know if it was men specifically that he, it just it was like customers like like he was that obs- like possessive. Like you can't be nice to anyone. You can't that's show weird. anything to anyone. I know. Hmm. Well, yeah, it is weird. And that's it. I mean, that's <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> OK. Are you looking at your. So here Gross. we are. Here we are. <laughs> Gross. So to me. anyway, um, thanks for listening. This is episode fifty, mm-hmm. as you heard. Uh, f- if you have, I know we're so tired. Whoa. What is our life? Um, a lot. If you have any uh, case suggestions <sighs> or thoughts on this case or thoughts on past cases. Please email us at murder sisters pod at gmail.com. That's murder sisters pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at murder sisters pod and share us. Share. People. share yeah. Share, tell share, us. Share. Tell, share. tell, 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 share, share, share. Yeah. I'm putting the pressure on you guys. I know there's a lot of people that listen that have Instagram. Why are you guys not following us? Yeah, we know you're What's out there. The problem. I just like just follow us, you guys. Like just follow us. You don't have to like on our pictures or whatever, no, but like just, just give us a follow. And here we are sharing our face. Ugh. Yeah, it's hard. This is hard. This is I don't like it. Fun, actually. I will say I do not like this. So and now we have a production actual like company. Yeah, LLC. Yeah. One sock. And still we still have the chip clip. So we need you yeah. guys to like support. Okay. Thank you. If you want us to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. All right. That's all for now. Check you next time. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. All right. Bye. And we'll see you guys in the new year. Yes. What? Yes. 2023. Oh We're going on our third year of podcasting. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.